everybody, welcome back to Living Electric. Uh, we got an interesting show today. We've got a couple articles we saw recently and kind of want to respond to them as as EV owners, both kind of related to just, I guess, general unhappiness with some EV stuff. <laughs> um, and you may see, obviously, if you read the news, some of the stuff is kind of negative to be like, oh, like Americans aren't liking EVs or they're having problems with home charging. But you want to give kind of a, a background on those couple articles? Yeah, definitely. But before we get started, uh, today's our, or this is our 80th episode, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So happy 80th episode of Living Electric. That's right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and before we get started, actually, I just wanted to give, you know, a big shout out to everybody who's listened and support us. And if you want to continue supporting us, uh, we do have a Patreon now. So we will include the link to that in the show notes. And um, any donations definitely helps us continue building the show and make it better for you guys. So. Right. Um, thank you for 80 strong episodes. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We've but, seen um, a lot of growth recently too. We've yeah. been obviously tracking all of our, our analytics and stuff, but like the, the growth as we've been kind of more consistent with episodes, I think helps, but obviously all the listener support is greatly appreciated. So definitely, definitely. Especially as we gain listeners from all over the world, which is right, insane. Right. So <laughs> it's exciting. Definitely. But yeah, so, you know, as Alex mentioned, there's been some surveys, Um, you know, if you are working in the industry or if you're an EV driver, you're just interested in learning more about EVs. I'm sure you've seen these articles from, you know, like J.D. Power talking about uh, conflicted interest in uh, home charging and satisfaction with home charging all the way to one third of Americans, you know, don't really find EVs interested or or, or actually no, one third of EV. Yeah, let me restart that. <laughs> one third of Americans are interested in EVs when they only surveyed uh, about 4,000 people. Uh, So it's like, yeah, so some of these surveys are definitely skewed a little bit, but we definitely want to talk about that today. So today's going to be more of an opinion piece. Yeah, I think the, the, whether the like percentage is correct or not, it's clear there's some people out there that do think that way. So I think at least kind of honoring that argument and kind of talking through that will be valuable. So We'll get we'll get into it and kind of give our thoughts on things. <laughs> Definitely. Well, I think we should start with home charging. Um, the the um, survey that JD Power did in collaboration with Plugshare and right. their plugin sites uh, members, which I believe based on this article they had about sixty three thousand members, but they only surveyed uh, less than fourteen thousand of those members. Um, so, you know, we've talked a lot about home charging on our podcast, you know, now that Alex officially has home charging, well, level two home charging, right? and I've had home charging for a few years. Um, before we dive into that, are you satisfied with your home charging since we were <laughs> part of the survey? <laughs> so I would say like, I'm kind of lukewarm on satisfaction. I think after it's all set up and I've been using it, it's been great. Like I, I love the convenience of it. I love how affordable it is. Um, I'm sure we'll get into it, but I'm not sure how much of the survey coverage, like, you know, actually installing the home charging. Cause I know for that, that for me, I would say I was like disappointed with, if you will, I kind of knew what I was getting into, but I could still see like somebody that maybe doesn't have my patience or understand what I get, what I was getting into. (laughs) I could see where it would be, you know, frustrating or, or not ideal. So definitely. Yeah. Well, the, you know, they broke it down into four key findings. And the yeah. first one is uh, as electric, you know, electricity rates increase, a lot of owners are becoming more frustrated and they're starting to realize that education is key 
to helping owners become more comfortable in realizing just how expensive it will be to charge your vehicle at home. Yeah. I'm saying expensive loosely, more of like the cost of what it is. Yeah. Um, the one thing to remember too is that when you're going to, when you're not going to a gas station anymore, you still have to pay for fuel in some aspect, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> which is going to be now your, you know, electric bill. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so, you know, based on the survey, they they found that more people are complaining about how much their electric bill is actually increasing yeah. from charging an electric vehicle. Yeah. Um, I actually wanted to run this by you because I know last time when we hung out, you had mentioned that you've noticed that your bill has gone up slightly from charging uh, your car at home. Yeah. Um, has that been a concern of yours since electric rates are going up? Yeah. So we our electric rates have stayed the same. Um, like with our utility, but the, I guess the, the piece that was interesting with ours is like, I haven't, we haven't lived in the house long enough to notice, like, is this actually higher because of our EV? Is it just higher because we're actually living here now? Cause we installed, you know, the home charging and we're charging at home around the same time we moved in. It wasn't that much time. Um, but I've noticed you can look at like kind of the day by day breakdown of how many kilowatt hours your house is using, which is pretty neat, like in our utility portal. And the days we charge the car and days we don't charge the car, it's very clear to see like which days those are. Cause like an average day we use like around a hundred kilowatt hours, which is an insane amount of power. Honestly, like we need to wow. make our home way more efficient. Uh, <laughs> Turn off the lights. Yeah. <laughs> um, but we, uh, days we don't charge the car, we're only using, you know, 75 to 80 kilowatt hours. So like, it's a clear bump up. Like that's a, that's a pretty good percentage bump up of, in how much energy we're using. So that piece, you know, I can see where that can be frustrating to some people, but we also, you know, we're in a kind of a unique case because Mallory has a really long commute. So like we're using a lot of energy just in the battery to get to work and back. We would be spending significantly more if she drove like an inefficient gas car. So yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. you've also got to, with pricing in general and costs of things, you've always got to be cognizant of what you're comparing it to as well. Like if you're comparing it to a like uber efficient hybrid that's getting, you know, 50 plus miles per gallon and then you switch to an electric vehicle, your savings probably aren't going to be a ton, quite honestly. Like <laughs> if you're switching <laughs> from, you know, a 30 mile per gallon car that like is pretty inefficient, um, then your savings are going to be a lot more. So it's, it's, I think just keeping that perspective is important. Definitely. Yeah. And, you know, that's actually one thing that we've noticed, too, is that our electric bill has gone up slightly, mm -hmm. you know, that we're now that we're charging two EVs right. on the regular, you know, yeah. we're not charging them frequently. I think it's similar to what you guys do. You know, you, you kind of monitor and analyze your electric use. And for us, like we'll charge our Tesla maybe once or twice a week. And the Mini, obviously, with its shorter range, we charge that a little bit more frequently. Yeah. Um, but we have noticed a slight increase uh, yeah. in our electricity bill. But it's the winter time; it's the colder months. You know, you're going to be using a little bit more to keep your house warm. And yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. But um, that's really where education comes in. So the next the next piece is that there is a unsatisfaction in terms of scheduling charging or how long charging takes. Um, and this is obviously another educational piece. I think some new EV drivers will get into an electric vehicle and, you know, they get level two charging installed at their house thinking that it's going to be faster because you see it all over the industry. This right. charger is six times, seven times faster than, you know, level one charging. And yeah, it might be, you know, you might get <laughs> 25 to 30 miles per hour of charge, but when you add like seven times faster, people are going to be like, oh, I can charge in one hour, or, yeah. you know, two hours. 
And, you know, sometimes depending on your vehicle, that's not the case. Right. And, and, you know, I know for us sometimes, like, we'll plug in and we'll be like, oh, we have eight hours until this hits 80%, you know, based on how low our state of charge might be. Right. Um, but sometimes you just unplug, you just keep going if you, yeah. you know, if you're able to. But that is one thing that fell on here as well. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. Um, the, yeah, what we, we plug, we plug in every night. I like just keeping the car on the charger cause we like preheat it. Cause Mallory's like commuting. Both of you work from home. Right. So it's mm-hmm. like, you're not really using your car necessarily every single day, um, to, to like commute or anything like that. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, with us, we, we plug in every day so I can see where people maybe almost treat it like a gas car. They're like, Oh, I have like a gas pump in my garage. So I'll just fill it up once a week or charge it once a week. And then you plug in, you're at 15% and it says, you know, eight hours to charge. Whereas like ours, we plug it every night. It never really drops below, I think like 65% on a typical, mm-hmm. you know, day. So when we plug in, it's taking, you know, less than three hours generally. Like it's charged up before we go to bed most nights. <laughs> so <laughs> that that piece I think is is important to know. Um, and I think just getting in the habit of just keeping your car plugged in is probably the best if that's the if you have a proper yeah. setup for it. So I know yours is a little weird though with it in like the middle of the driveway. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. We we try our best to plug in like either when we know we're gonna be home for a few hours or like overnight. That way mm-hmm. it's not a pain to have to move the cars back and forth and so right. forth. Right. But um I, I remember early on in my days and you know with like EV interest and stuff like that, the ABC always be charging. You know, that's yep. kind of like a lot of owners will say that, which I, yeah. I think is true. You know, like if you're out in public you see a charger. If you need if you don't need it, don't block it. But sometimes yeah. It's cool to check that out because I'm a nerd. But um, <laughs> if you're at home, keep your vehicle plugged in if you need to. Obviously, right. you might see a spike in your electric rate or bill <laughs> if you do that all the time. But right. Just something to be mindful of. So the next point on the survey is geography makes a difference in terms of charging satisfaction with home charging. Um, obviously, electric rates differ depending on where your home is based at, where you live, and so forth, um, as well as utilities. Um, they mentioned in the survey that a lot of people didn't realize that utilities offer different types of incentives, right. uh, either for like home charging installs or maybe lower electricity rates in terms of like times of use programs uh, and so forth. Um, so once again, it does kind of play into that education aspect of right. making sure that you're informed before you you know, either buy an electric vehicle or get like a home charger installed. Right. Right. Yeah. There's a like ton of these utility programs out here. Cause it's obviously it's a good thing for utilities. They want you using more energy. That's how they make money. Mm-hmm. Right. So <laughs> they, they want people <laughs> using more energy. Um, but also like having the ability for them to either control it or see data on it. Like all that stuff is very valuable for utilities to be like, Hey, look at all this data for all these EVs that are coming. We can then Based on the home charging usage, we can track that and say, okay, is this going to, you know, double in the next 10 years? Is it going to triple? Like, they can kind of track that out. So all that is really valuable for them, which is why they give out a lot of that incentive money. Um, and, you know, with some, we've seen some utility programs where they can actually, like, throttle the usage or just completely turn the charger off during certain peak hours so that you're not straining the grid. So I think those are all... I wish even like every utility had a program like that, but just looking around, many of them do already. So definitely, definitely. like f- I would flag that for any future EV owners is definitely like check local incentives. Um, one thing I didn't talk about, I just filed my taxes and 
you actually get a thousand dollar up to a thousand dollar rebate on a home charging installation yeah um, and that's a federal credit so that's like you know you can use that if you're installing new home charging so i spent you know five grand and upgrading my charger <laughs> <Yeah>. and uh <laughs> i think it's a i forget what the percentage is i think it's like 20 percent or something but it's like a it's a high-end limit of a thousand dollars so i got like basically a thousand dollar credit on my taxes which was nice so I didn't that's have to awesome as much <laughs> yeah <laughs> but, yeah especially with your situation with how much that costs right that's right. that's so great that yeah i think when we installed our charger i think it was a 30 percent tax credit uh okay 30 yeah it's probably the same yeah. i don't think it's changed so yeah yeah I, I think there was talks about um well before the infrastructure bill that they passed a few months ago i think right. there was talks about them removing that so i'm glad they didn't because mm -hmm. that's going to really help people um, I do want to give just a quick shout out to Chargeway because this is actually something we do in terms of like our utility program. So right. our Chargeway beacons with partnerships, utility partnerships across the country, uh, we installed these beacons in showrooms in like, you know, dealership showrooms. And we actually have an incentives tab in the Chargeway beacon that mm. shows the utility program. So like it will show like uh, home chargers that they have, you know, discounts on or like, you know, like um, maybe some type of incentive on. Uh, we get we provide ways for people to submit forms directly to the utility so the utility can reach back out to, you know, the new driver to get a charger installed and so forth. Right. Um, so it's, it's, I mean, it's a big aspect of how you can make things better at home, but I yeah. think a lot of people just paid the bill and just move on with their lives. I don't yeah. really think that they think of what else is out there. <laughs> yeah. And that's no fault on individual owners either. No. Like, I think that's no. a fault on, you know, dealerships or just local, you know, utilities, educating people about that. Like if you're not searching for this stuff, sometimes it's not going to, you know, slap you in the face. You've almost got to yeah. be looking for it in a lot of cases, which is unfortunate. So, you know, yeah. that's part of the reason we do this podcast is kind of getting the yes. word out there about this stuff, <laughs> things to think about, like as you're getting into more, more EV ownership. So exactly, exactly. Um, and then, uh, the last one was home charging game changers. Um, so there was a satisfaction in terms of, level one portable chargers to level two permanently mounted chargers. Mm -hmm. um, it definitely seems like there was a interest in permanently mounted chargers versus like portable chargers in this survey. Um, yeah. But I always recommend do whatever works for you. Um, you yeah. know, if you need something that is going to be portable for us, we wanted to make sure that our charger could be unplugged just in case if we end up moving. Um, but we plan on just leaving it at the house. <laughs> so, um, you know, and, and that's another thing, too. And this wasn't part of the survey. I just want to throw this out there. There's I've done some research on this. There's a big interest in terms of home charging when you've done the upgrades, especially if you sell your house. There's a big interest in marking that in the listing because a lot of people yeah. want to make sure that the home is EV charged, you know, like uh, right. capable EV or ready. at least ready. Yeah. yeah, EV ready. So that could definitely, definitely. help with your value. But, um, yeah, so, you know, that was the JD Power um, Home Charging Satisfaction Survey. I thought it was really interesting at first when I read the title of the article um, through Electric, and then as I started looking through these surveys, I'm always cautious with reading surveys because I'm like, I'm an EV owner, and I didn't submit any type of feedback or response through these. <laughs> so it's yeah. always interesting to see these type of surveys come out, but I always kind of feel like they're a bit slighted in a way. Mm -hmm. um, 
because you know there's probably thousands of people who they've missed who they didn't get the chance to review or leave a you know like some type of feedback that could have changed these results in a different way Um, but obviously that's what a survey is so yeah 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 like i said i think it's kind of like take it with a grain of salt but it's clear like some people are thinking this way and have these these issues or opinions so i think it's valuable to talk through and kind of see where the gaps are in terms of making it a better better experience for everybody so definitely yeah i just my my uh mind always goes to i hope this doesn't skew anybody's thoughts when it comes to evs right, right. especially with the titles of these articles like the yeah. next one that we're going to talk about <laughs> yep yep um, yeah i think it's always just just valuable to kind of have it a an inquisitive mindset versus a you know reactionary like if you see something you disagree with or maybe like looks a little weird like just be curious about it not necessarily like immediately like oh yeah this sounds awful like, <laughs> like <laughs> at least take the time to kind of research it and you know dig into it a little bit more and learn more about it because there may be you know there may be some truth to it or you may see like oh well they like did do the survey properly so yeah definitely yeah yeah, that's a, a piece of mindset or, you know, that I should be taking as well. Because when I first yeah. read these, I'm like, oh, no, this is going to mess up everything <laughs> with what we're doing. And yeah. then as I started, yeah, you brought up a really good point. I mean, this is all good feedback. Feedback mm-hmm. is good feedback regardless, you know. Um, so hopefully this does improve, especially as more people get into EVs. Right. Um so the next article, this one I did react to a little bit. I texted you about this <laughs> yeah. just because I dug into this and they only did a survey of around 4,000 people. Yeah. So I'm going to read the, the title of this. Not that popular. Only 34% of Americans would consider an EV as their next car. Yep. Um, I'm pretty sure 4,000 people is like way less than 1% of the, you know, the United States population or the population here in the United States. I was going to say, we've got 330 some million people. So I think that's a very small iota of what the general population is. So, yeah. Yes. But I, I thought that this was relatively interesting, regardless of the small amount of people that uh, Reuters, Reuters uh, you know, surveyed nationwide for this, because it definitely does get, provide some insight into the demographics of who are interested in electric mm-hmm. vehicles. Um, you know, we don't we talk about the government sometimes, you know, in this podcast, mainly towards pushing like EV chargers. But I thought it was really interesting. You know, they broke down like the political parties of who are interested in EVs. You yeah. know, Democrats consisted about 50 percent of that saying that they would consider an EV and 26 percent of Republicans and 27 percent of independents say that they would consider that out mm-hmm. of those, you know, 44, 4,000 people, you know, or yeah. 4,400 people that they surveyed. So I thought that was pretty interesting. Um, yeah, I, I know that people don't buy EVs necessarily, you know, for either like making the environment cleaner. You know, we all have our reasons why we want to buy an electric vehicle. So I thought that right. point was pretty interesting. Yeah, it is. I'm just looking through. I think it's interesting. Um, I'm curious what the options were too, because like the way they phrase some of these, they're like, only 34% of Americans would consider an EV. So like, what were the other options here? Was it either consider or not consider? Or was it like, maybe would consider? Or like, was there something in the middle there that may have had more more options? Because I think we've seen with a lot of other polls, it's like, most people are at least, you know, thinking about it, they're maybe not like, oh, yeah, I'm set on getting an EV, but they're at least, you mm-hmm. know, oh, I would actually like, potentially get an EV or at least would would shop around for an EV. So I'm curious what the other options here, if it's just, was just a yes or no, or was it, yes. was there kind of some, 
some medium answers in there. But definitely. Yeah, I, I think that's the one thing that, and this is going to be me reacting, I, that's the <laughs> one thing that frustrates me about a lot of these articles that like kind of summarize these surveys, is that they don't provide the survey. They don't mm -hmm. provide a way for like people to just analyze like what the questions were that were right. asked and kind of right. like the breakdown of who answered what. Yeah. Um, unless I'm missing that, but I looked through both of these articles and I didn't see any link for the survey itself. Yeah. Um, but it would be really interesting to see what kind of questions they're asking. I think right. that would be important. Um, so if anybody's listening who does survey taking, <laughs> keep that as you know, some feedback. <laughs> right, right. But um, an another thing that I thought was interesting is that price of EVs is starting to become a consideration for, for people. And obviously, and I, I know that probably sounded stupid for me to say that because we talk about that all the time. The cost of owner, <laughs> you know, the cost of getting into an EV is a big factor. Right. And the thing right. is, is that most electric vehicles are still, well, you know, around 30 plus thousand dollars, which is expensive. You know, that's, mm -hmm. that's not exactly accessible for, you know, some people. And the, the survey said that 56% of, you know, participants said that they were not willing to pay more than $49,999 or around $50,000 for an EV, which to me, I think is reasonable because that's a very expensive vehicle. <laughs> yeah. Which unfortunately is kind of the price of a new car today. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just the way the yeah. car market has gone. But I'm hoping yeah. we'll see things kind of cool off. Um, and I say this to a lot of people that are concerned about the price of EVs is like this is a brand new market. Like if you, you know, we're looking at buying an iPhone in 2009 or whatever, whenever it first came out, um, it was going to be expensive to buy one. And there was only like one iPhone model out. You couldn't buy like a used iPhone for half the price. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. EVs are very much in a similar boat. And we've finally seen things kind of start to cool off. There's some really good used yeah. EV options out there. Like you don't have to buy a new EV anymore to get like a decent vehicle, right? There's a yeah. lot of good options out there on in the used market. So I think that's something to keep in mind as well. Totally get the, you know, the 50K um, range for, for EVs. We also see, you know, financing rates are continuing to go up. So like it's not yep. getting any cheaper yeah. to buy a new car right now. So I think that that will cool off eventually, but, you know, between economic conditions and everything else i don't know if we'll ever see like a a brand new ev that's like sub 20k <laughs> like i just don't think that's going to happen it's going to continue there'll definitely be cheaper options but i don't think it's ever going to get like that cheap just the way things are going so yeah yeah i i feel like on average even like the cheapest of vehicles is around 22,000. Like, right. I, I, I mean, I might have to do research on this. I'm sure there's a gas vehicle that's like $18,000 out there. But even that, that's still pricey for, you know, some people. Right. Um, yeah. But the thing you mentioned, you know, you hit it right on the head. There was actually an article I saw from Electric the other day talking about used Model 3 prices mm -hmm. and how they're plummeting, you yeah. know, which is good for the used car market for people who want to get into, you know, a used Model 3. Not necessarily good for people who want to trade in their Model 3, <laughs> but... <laughs> But it's good for people who are looking for used vehicles. And now right. that that tax credit, you know, if you buy an EV for under $25,000, um, which I think that tax credit goes into effect next year. I think that's 2024 when okay. the used tax credit goes. In. I have to double check. You know, I'm yeah. sorry if I'm confusing anybody. I have to. That whole <laughs> thing is a lot. But um, that's going to make it a lot more accessible for people. Um, right. I saw a Chevy Volt the other day, which would, uh, you know, qualify for that tax credit. It was seventeen thousand dollars with like fifty thousand miles. Right. So to get an extra five thousand, or I think it's four or five thousand dollars tax credit, 
Yeah. That'd be a really great deal, you know, right. to get into a car like that. So, right. um, I, I think the whole, tr- you know, theme that I'm noticing from like our previous episodes and like through today's episode, things are going to get better. It's just, yeah. everything is still being figured out. So yeah, yeah things will just improve. <laughs> right. Yeah. And even if you look back, like we were, we had our local like drive electric leadership meeting last night and we were talking about how like how much stuff has changed in such a short amount of time like it's 2023 now when i joined like the local drive electric group it was 2018 like when i was fresh out of college there were like three or four vehicles on the market that were decent (laughs) evs um and we're looking back like we're thinking about doing some more like educational material and we're looking back and like so much of the stuff is outdated now it's like talking about you know charging or like um you know what networks are out there like all this stuff is like completely different than it was three or four years ago which is like such a short amount of time in the grand scheme of things so things have changed very quickly there's already way more options out there i think a lot of uh we're seeing a lot of companies start with the more expensive vehicles too which i think skews a lot of this where it's like oh we're releasing a new ev that starts at 80k or whatever (laughs) (laughs) especially on the startup side right i mean a a new rivian is not gonna is not gonna be a cheap cheap vehicle (laughs) no so (laughs) you gotta start somewhere though (laughs) right right so i think we'll see a lot of people still continue to start with the especially new models like start with expensive ones but then slowly release you know more affordable ones so Mm -hmm. we've seen that with basically every car maker is they eventually start releasing more affordable models because they know they got to sell cars. So, yeah, Yeah. exactly. Yeah. I I think, you know, and I've said this since day one of this podcast and since day one of like starting content, education is such an important part of EV adoption that I think the more exposure that new owners and existing owners get to, you know, learning how things work and how, you know, like things operate, especially, you know, from like a home charging aspect, things will just improve. So yeah. I'm curious to see that JD Power survey next year, you know, like and yeah. if they keep releasing it every single year to see how that improves. Obviously, you know, electric rates are kind of out of your control unless you do something to produce your own electricity, you know, via right. solar, wind, or like some type of home installation. Right. But um, everything else, hopefully it just gets better, which yeah. I have a feeling it's going to. Definitely. Yeah, the other the other piece on this uh, study I thought was interesting was the range question because they asked about like what's the minimum oh, yeah. <laughs> amount of range you want on yeah. an EV, um, and thirty five percent responded that they wanted five hundred or more miles, and another thirty percent thirty seven percent wanted a minimum of three hundred miles. So, I think the with this one I think it's like if you like if you ask just a random person on the street like how far away is 500 miles like I think people's perception of like how far away a mile is is a little bit skewed too because <laughs> yeah. um, I yeah. know like talking with people in the Midwest and Ohio it's like how many hours away is it it's not miles <laughs> right. so no. I think a lot of people talk that way they're like oh it's an hour drive or whatever so yeah. I like to I like to reframe those questions to be like, oh, well, like I can drive for, you know, two and a half hours without stopping. And they're like, oh, well, yeah, like that's fine. So, yeah, yeah. No, I actually you brought up a really cool like point. Like I've seen that joke that like here in Ohio, we always talk about like time instead of distance, Mm -hmm. which is so true. But it would be really interesting if like some manufacturer puts like how many hours worth of driving you have including with like the percentage as well as like miles of range, because I think that that would be a really cool aspect for people to understand like, 
hey, you might not be driving three consecutive hours. You might have to stop at some point, you know, yeah. or like, you know, try to make it a little bit more realistic. Because right. like I was, you know, I was, I, we hear that all the time. Like I want like a five, 600 mile range vehicle. And it's like, how far exactly is 500 miles? Like I was trying to think of like cities that are 500 yeah. miles away. And, and you probably can't say off the top of your head. Like I'm not going to, no, hopefully I'm I not insulting your intelligence, but I no, don't think no. you can. <laughs> I mean, it's early in the morning. I'm sure I said something <laughs> dumb, but, but like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, like Buffalo, New York, that's like, I think that's like less than 200 miles from Cleveland. So like to add an extra 300 miles on that, like, yeah. And you're like, okay, like, yeah. Yeah. I, and at that's that a, point, that's it's like, like, I'll be spending the night somewhere probably. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah. And Buffalo, I think is like two and a half, three hours away. So like, you know, like by then I'm going to have to stop and use the bathroom. I know me, yeah. you know, so like I'm going to have to use the bathroom at some point. But like, yeah, it's um, I, I think if you start looking at things a little bit more realistically and just realize how often do you drive 500 miles versus yeah. like what you could charge up throughout the week. I, I think people would start realizing that like, oh, that 300 mile range or 250 mile range EV would be perfect for me. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that's a. Uh, I think we should do a whole episode on that, just breaking yeah. down time and distance and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> that would be interesting. Yeah, that's a tip uh, Tip Mariah gave me, actually, when we're talking to, at events and stuff, talking to people about, like, oh, well, like, how far can the car go without charging um, or without stopping? And she always responds with, instead of saying, oh, it can go X amount of miles, because, like, nobody really has a great frame of reference of how far that is. She'll say, oh, I can get to these five cities from here without stopping. Oh. Which yeah. I think is a great answer. So if we're doing an event in Columbus, I can be like, I can get to Indianapolis, Cincinnati, Cleveland, you know, Louisville, like all of these different places without stopping. <laughs> so <Yeah. laughs> I think that reframes it for a lot of people to be like, oh, that's actually a lot farther than I thought, even though it might only be, you know, 200 plus miles, <laughs> not even yeah. a full 300. <laughs> so yeah. I think that's helpful. And then the other thing I wanted to say is the... Uh, we see like how many hours of operation like on like power tools or whatever like for a battery instead oh, of yeah. like yeah. it's not like rpms or whatever i don't know what the equivalent would be but like i think it'd be interesting for car sh like spec sheets to start showing that like oh it can drive you know three hours at 70 miles per hour or something like that that'd be yeah. interesting <laughs> i i think yeah they should include that in, in you know what the charging times obviously you know we need to have little footnotes that include like optimal conditions for charging mm -hmm. times which a lot of manufacturers don't like to include <laughs> um but like um yeah i think that would be really cool to have that in their like drive time yeah i, I think i just like i feel like so many people who are going from like gas to electric when they're so used to filling up in like five or like you know three to five minutes and then just mm -hmm. keep going on the road and it's it's definitely a different mindset, but it, it really is all perspective. Like, yeah. I love that answer that Mariah gives. I'm going to start yeah. using that. It's actually funny you mentioned that because I used that yesterday in a conversation I had um, oh, good. about our, our Model 3. You know, we were uh, I was asked, like, how far I can, you know, drive. And I'm like, well, you know, we went from Cleveland to Columbus and we got there with, like, 40% left of range. And I was going, like, 70 to 75 miles per hour and it was, like, 45 degrees. You know, so like it wasn't exactly prime conditions to be yeah. driving, but we still got there with 40%. So like uh -huh. we could have kept going, as I just hit my desk, we could have kept going <laughs> to almost Cincinnati without right. having to charge. Right. So 
And yeah, I think if you really just start looking at distance and cities and stuff like that, it makes more sense that yeah. you probably don't need a 500 mile range right. vehicle. And yeah. especially in your like kind of geographic area, it's like you kind of know where most people are driving. Like in Columbus, like people are probably driving up to Toledo or Cleveland or Cincinnati yeah. or maybe over to Indianapolis. Like they're probably hitting kind of these big city hubs that are all within, you know, pretty close driving distance. Um, might be different in, you know, states out west where the major cities are a little bit more spread out. And you're like, oh, well, I actually have to stop like three times to get to the next major city, which is a little bit yeah. different conversation. But, you know. For a majority of people that live in cities, <laughs> large cities, yeah. <laughs> most of the other ones are fairly close. So yes, yeah. Well, pe people like to trash talk the Midwest, but we don't have to drive very far to go places. So <laughs> it only True. takes an hour. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but well, I um I, I like seeing these surveys because it is interesting in terms of like the data points. I just mm -hmm. don't like the clickbait titles, so that's why I wanted to provide that to you. Right. <laughs> but, <laughs> But once I think it really puts a lot of these surveys into perspectives when you start looking at how many participants were actually, you know, participating in this survey. Mm -hmm. The only other piece of advice I want to give to survey takers, and I get it, you want people to read the whole article, put that number at the beginning and not the very end. That way it kind of gives perspective for the rest of the piece. That's just what? my opinion. You want them this to actually is, present things, you know, I have an accurately. opinion. <laughs> I never have an opinion. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. So I think that's, uh, that's it for today's episode. Unless you have any other random surveys you know of? Uh, no, I don't think so. I think we covered most everything. Um, I'll give a quick plug to, I think this episode will be out before we before I do my stream, but this Sunday I'm going to be doing a, I guess this episode will be the day after the, my stream, so it probably won't be a ton. I'll add the link in the description though, but I'm going to be doing a live stream for uh, kind of reacting to similar things to this, hopefully on uh, like there's a YouTube video that maybe walks through similar things, but I've got a couple saved that I'm going to react to on uh, the day before this episode goes live. So <laughs> I'll link it down below, but I hope to start doing those monthly where it kind of gives me like to time to do like a almost a personal podcast and react to some different YouTube videos because I see so many like YouTube videos with similar kind of, you know, titles to these articles that are just anti EV stuff and mm -hmm. with, you know, hundreds of thousands, sometimes millions of views and maybe aren't presenting things accurately. So I'd like to hopefully yeah. get ahead of that, at least kind of be a foil to that <laughs> in a little bit. <laughs> Definitely. No, that sounds cool. Well, you know, for um, I'll have to I'll have to join on Wednesday and watch your live stream because I know how important it is to debunk that type of stuff. Yeah, for sure. So, that's cool. That's exciting. Yep. But well, do you want to give a shout out to episode. your YouTube channel? I don't know. I mean, like if there's like a new listener, maybe they don't know your YouTube channel. Oh, yeah, I'll link it down below. But yeah, I mean, both of us have YouTube channels, so <laughs> well, you're more active than I am. <laughs> yeah. I haven't posted much recently. I still got to work on my, my Nero video. I think I said in the last episode I'd have it out, but it's still, you know, it's four days after our last podcast. <laughs> it's still not out. So yeah, hopefully it's see. posted by the time this uh, this episode goes live, but we'll see. <laughs> oh, I think that's it. All right. Take care, all. We'll catch you in the next episode. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>